you're asking, what do you do first? Do you work on yourself first or? I guess I'm just wondering, should I turn internally or should I look externally and wait for the internal peace to come? <laughs> okay, the answer is yes. <laughs> and, and the reason is, be, the way that we approach the, the learning, the instruction, is that everybody has their own, let's call it, uh, programmed educational system that nobody else has. But part of your job is to learn how to decipher it and how to effectively and appropriately use the lessons. So no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, there's a law. Okay, uh, Jonah found out you can't run away from it. So the, uh, the smart person goes, okay, there's nowhere I can go that Allah is not. So I surrender. I'm not going to win any kind of battle with Allah. So this concept of surrender is part of where we're headed. And surrender means letting go of the controlling self. Oh, I can do this. I have responsibility for this. I have to do this. And, uh, and this needs to get done. And this is where worry and stress come from. As, w as well as fear of failure and fear of success. And I'll talk about fears in a little bit. Because that's what I wanted to talk about today. Our peer, Abdul Qadr al-Jalani, says is you need two wings to fly. Those wings are both the inner and the outer. So you got to keep that in balance. Part of this is deciphering what is you and what is not you. Mm. This is the like in the first couple years, this is part of what the training is about. That you're learning what is my nefs. And the, when you first start out, you go, everything's my nefs. I'm... I'm, you know, and you don't defend yourself. You just kind of go, uh, you go into observation mode. And you go, okay, whatever's happening, and I'm reacting, and you're observing your reactions. And then through that observation, you can then figure out, do I want that, or do I, can I let that go? Or, you know, like that's interfering with me being with my heart. The heart is where Allah is in each of us. That's our how we communicate with Allah. And the heart loves zikr. The heart loves to be generous. The heart loves to be humble and sincere and honest. So we want to nurture our heart in everything that we do. That means, however, there's another part of that called adab, Meaning, you got to deal with each person that you meet specifically and to do it in a good way. And so that you don't hurt them, you don't break their heart, you work to bring, I, the way I look at it is to bring peace to the world. And you do that one person at a time by being at peace yourself. Does that make sense? Zay was asking, what comes first, self-work or dealing with people things? Is that right? Other yeah, just anything externally. Right. And what I was saying is we need balance. That the inner and outer, known as Zahir and Batin, are what we try to balance. And sometimes we can't do them at exactly the same time. So what we do is we work towards knowing how to work that time. For example, Mui's just finished another school year where he has had to be external. Term. Yes. Yeah. And now he can kind of go being internal or being with his family because he has two little ones that need to be taken care of and a big one. <laughs> Learning how to be more efficient in dealing with these situations and people.
Internally, we try to establish a specific, what are called NEFs, and you've read about NEFs. You know, you understand what that is? I think. How do you understand NEFs? Um, to generalize, I would say NEFs are habits and assumptions, I guess. Mm, okay. I would say things that we find ourselves attached to. It doesn't matter what they are, but to find that uh, also that we identify with that thing for it or against it, whatever. I'm a liberal, I'm a man, I'm a cook, I'm a librarian. These are identities, these are not you. And that also includes the culture that you're in and being able to examine the culture and the uh, milieu that you're swimming in and going, okay, we do this. Why do we do that? This is Sun's Day. We still honor and worship gods and goddesses, you know. This is June, a goddess. On Sun's Day, we worship the sun. Next, it's July, which is named after the god, Julius. I mean, it just goes on. We have lots of uh, mythology that we still swim in. So another aspect of that is figuring out what the source of things are, where they come from, and whether you want them or not. I was thinking about what you were saying about culture, and I just noticed that in the past I've found myself wanting or just thinking about like, oh, I wish I could get out of the United States. I wish I could get out of here and just start somewhere new. But I don't think that would be helpful for any any reason. I think that's just trying to like find an external. I, I guess it's just trying to blame my own attachments and habits on the things around me instead of realizing that I have power over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're using a really strange word there. I. Oh. What do you mean? Who's that? What is that? Mm. I don't know. Do you? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, we need to say uh, the Fatiha. Excuse me a sec. Ezi Bilahi Minashitana Rajim. Bismillah Irrahman Nirahim. Alhamdulillah Irabil Alameen. Rahman Nirahim. Maliki Yomadin. Yakana Bodua Yakana Stain. Idina Sarata Mustakim. Sarata Ladzinan Amta Lehim. Vairil Mahdubi Lehim. Waladalin. Amin. So whenever we start something, we usually say the Fatiha, because that's the opening, that's the beginning, and we want to bring in remembrance of Allah in that. A Sufi concept called insan-e-kamil, which is an integrated or a whole human being, meaning that we're dealing with paradoxes, I mean, it's a paradox to be a human being. We, we're kind of such a blend of so many elements. Besides the elements, there's also just our hard wiring and, and our genetic background, uh, where, what our blood, where that comes from. Where we come from, fear was, was a survival mechanism. You needed to know what you were afraid of. And... We have not advanced that far. As people, we still fear. And fear is part of everybody's life. Whether it's fear of failure, fear of success, fear of not doing well, of... Can you give me some other ideas of other fears? Letting people down. Letting people down, good. Failing at at what you do, um, you know, with success, fear of stuffing up. Yes, 
losing people. Yes. Losing people, sure. Doing the wrong thing. Health. Doing the oh yeah, doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Fairly unknown. Yes. Good. Incompetence. Oh. Incompetence. <laughs> um, you being incompetent or others? You. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that in every culture, every human culture around the world, since time began, people have talked about demons. And one of the things about overcoming a demon, you had to name it to begin to uh, discharge its power, to let it, to get it away. So an example is, of course, is Rumpelstiltskin. So the idea now in thinking about fear and a demon is that if you have a fear, it's your master and you are its slave. And until you name it, it's in charge. It will control your hormones, your adrenaline, your appetite, your heart your blood pressure, these aspects it has over your body as well as mine, that is power. So, to overcome fear, you first need to be able to know it that you are afraid, afraid of heights, afraid of walking into a situation where you don't know anybody, and uh, we sometimes have are called panic attacks or real massive anxiety, sweating, sweaty palms, performance anxiety, any of these kinds of things means that you are letting something else be in charge of you. This is fear. Fear is very powerful. It's used a lot in religion in getting people to do what we want them to do. Also in a lot of governments and a lot of uh, police states. Parenting. <laughs> How so? You gotta have a liver. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you can always go, you know, listen, you, you got a problem with that? You talk to your therapist in 20 years. So <clears throat> we have these fears. So first we have to acknowledge that we have a fear. Then we have to name the fear. And naming the fear is really kind of like a breakthrough. It means that you can begin to develop a strategy, to develop a strategy to get you through and outside and beyond the sway of the demon. Let's, for example, take one of the fears that you've mentioned. Actually, I'll talk about a fear I have and how I've dealt with it, and then maybe that'll, you can talk about yours. When I was very young, about five years old, I fell off a little tiny cliff in the backyard. I was unconscious, and they, I woke up in uh, one of the rooms. I was laying down, and ever since then, I'd had a fear of heights. But it was like, it didn't make sense, it didn't make any kind of difference that I was not afraid. It was my body that was reacting. In other words, there's some fears and some traumas that we have that are held in the body. The body remembers just as much as the brain does. It's, it's a lot of wiring here, a lot of electronics going on through the nervous system and through our uh, our brain, everything is, is fairly electric here. So the body remembers, the mind remembers, and even though if you, you try and uh, trick the mind, the body still can react. So I still have, I get vertigo when I go up and look over like a balcony or something. I've tried lots of different ways of like, purposely going on the edge of 
rocks or boulders or cliffs and looking down just to feel I don't have to bend to this fear. But I've noticed it's not just my mind that my body is reacting. And I've, I've tried to desensitize by going into computer games and going up on real tall buildings and looking down. I know I'm safe, but my body is still experiencing vertigo. What that means is that some fears are very strongly wired in there and they're difficult to remove. That means you move to the next step, which is finding an alternate route, a strategy that helps you deal with that fear so that it isn't controlling you. I just do what I need to do to not worry about it. I've developed some strategies that help me. Do you have a fear you want to talk about? Anybody? Well, sometimes I wonder, there's, there's a mixture of emotions sometimes that, that one can have. So this, you know, whether it's fear or whether it's nervousness or then becomes anxiety and then you become hyper-emotional and you have tears, you know, and you're kind of going, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was experiencing that last week, you know, as I was building up to the exchange of this property. And I was going, well, you've done this so often before. What's wrong with you, you know? And it was just, and then once everything was signed, I was fine, you know, like it was just, so I, I'm still trying to work through that. I mean, what was the fear? What was the anxiety? You know, because it was quite intense. Yeah, it was just, don't understand it. Well, I remember talking with you about boarding school mm. and some of the uh, fears. Yeah, some of the fears that connect with that. So sometimes, like I was telling Zay, sometimes we have to go to the source. Mm. And from there, we can make good changes. But to get there, we really need to be strategic and clear in our intentions. And to understand that this is a, a progressive education. Like we've talked about in regards to NEFs, it's like a drilling down through layers that you, you can't get to the next layer until you take care of this layer. It may come up again, but what you're doing is gathering energy, data, and ability, and learning about yourself and about your NEFs so that you can accomplish the next version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just, um, you know, oh my gosh, well, going back to boarding school, got to move again. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So, so consider that. And in a therapeutic situation, I would suggest going back there and talking to your. How old were you? Ten. Oh, it'd have been about twelve. 13. Twelve. Yeah. And, and bringing bringing that that girl into your consciousness and kind of a gestalt kind of thing where you put her on the couch and you and you put your arm around her and say listen dear it's going to be okay i love you you're going to be all right don't worry it's going to be okay you're loved i'm going to take good care of you and by by making that bridge between the adult and the child you can begin to uh, heal some of that that actually um, worked for me when I was uh, having panic attacks. Hmm. Hmm. And then to yeah. top it all, it was the anniversary of my mother's death as well on the same day. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not going to help. Yeah, so that was just like, I don't know, a, a melting pot of... Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that we also do, keep charging through, they tend to pile up. And instead of looking at each one separately, we think, oh, my God, I am, I am caving in from this weight of these buildings on top of me. It's, uh, uh, it's important that you are able to make sure everything 
is distinguished in its own right rather than lumping everything together. That, this, is, this is why I think Sufism should be called spiritual toilet training. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it all so it doesn't get backed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or maybe spiritual flossing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Shake. Yeah, no, I, I understand. It, it, yeah, so it's important to make sure that you don't lump it together because that will assure you a nice heap of stress. I think Lou and I had a conversation similar recently where we were talking about, oh, I was talking about, you know, why am I feeling so stressed? And then we listed all the reasons that we might be stressed at the moment. And then I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> it's actually not that unusual. <laughs> it actually, makes sense. Yeah, and also to take stock every once in a while of where you are and what you've got to deal with, mm. and think about well, they're not running out into the street naked. That's that's good. What's the <laughs> and, and they're not eating out of the uh, the garbage bin, so something must be going okay. And then it's other people who make you even more stressed. You ah, know? other people, of course. The Friday afternoon, I kept getting this message from a friend of mine in Melbourne. Now, have you checked out about the swimming pool? And I'm going, what? What's the swimming pool got to do with anything, you know? Oh, well, they might have parties. And I'm going, listen, mate, I've got a swimming pool in Perth. I've got a swimming pool outside here. Nobody makes such a big noise, you know. It's okay. And then I'm going, oh, well, maybe I should have, you know, so it sort of starts to put doubt in oneself. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, maybe I should read this 267-page document again. Oh, Anyway, it's done now. Over. <laughs> hey, Yasmin, if your biggest stress is worrying about the, how the swimming pool's going to go. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. <laughs> so, as you can see, Zay, a lot of this is figuring out which is me and which is others, or which is coming from a different source than what is really happening here and now. And that's another part of dealing with fears is they're things from the past or concerns and fantasies about what the future might be rather than being present enough to be able to deal with things appropriately and effectively now. So part of this is learning you, learning about yourself and what motivates you, what frightens you, where... And when you do something as a habit, you figure out, well, where did this come from? And you just question everything. And you go into kind of, um, I think of it as observation mode that we rarely actually do. But being aware of what is happening around you, that's the external part. And then what is happening inside me? How am I feeling? And then where are these feelings coming from? And do I, and if they're feelings, which are different than emotions, feelings, I'm feeling these things, and maybe, maybe I don't want to feel these things. In other words, you have a responsibility for what you want to feel. Nobody's making you feel anything. So... By taking responsibility for how you want to react doesn't mean that you might not feel disturbed inside, but your actions show others that you respect them. And by showing respect to others, perhaps they will show respect to you. Okay. Thank you. I'll think on that. So, Rakaya, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Starting to work through, just because it's been raised recently, stuff about, I guess, the fear of 
not being included or not being, yeah, not being, like, wanted in that sort of a way, like coming from childhood stuff, but it's impacting current business stuff in that I'm noticing that I have a hesitancy to get into new things where it's there's the potential of a no. So say um, talking to a, a new stockist or something. Talking, talking to a what? A new person to take on our teas, for example. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you worried about getting rejected? In a way, yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like that might be something to discuss with a person who you can talk to about that because that sounds like there's a, a back time source. Mm. Uh, maybe growing up. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely friendship issues that made that tricky. Yeah. But but I never feel included. That's the problem. I often feel included now. But <laughs> <laughs> the new situations where I'm like, am I going to be? Am I not going to be? I don't know. And it's just like, oh, God, would you just shut up and let the thing happen and yeah. see how it goes? <laughs> yeah. And that, and that is a choice that we have is to go, you know, Allah's in charge. Allah mm. brings me to the people I need to meet. Allah knows what I need, and I surrender to, to that. If you want to fight that, of course, you you can see where that takes you. Yeah, yeah. You, you can always argue with Allah. There's no problem with that. Um, <laughs> you might not get your way, but you can no, always but... want to waste that energy. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was a, there wasn't, who was it? Was it Daniel who wrestled with an angel? I think so. It's, it's in the Bible. The idea was, sure, go ahead. And, and if you have a problem and, and you're not happy with what Allah has decided for you, then you, of course you can yell at Allah. And, and you can let your wishes be known. Yelling like you're a three-year-old that doesn't want to put their pajamas on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but That's... I'm not cold. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are learning so much. There's different levels of fears. And one of those things, very often a fear goes way back. So part of learning how to resolve a fear and move yourself out of it, have a strategy of dealing with it, may require using different tools to extricate yourself from the slavery. So looking at some of the tools that we have, of course we have zikr, meaning that you go to the sheikh and you go, listen, uh, I've got a problem, not fear of being not included. Is there a, a zikr I can do? And, you know, I'd probably give, say, Ya Jami, the one who is the gatherer. If you feel like you're a little lost, Ya Hadi uh, is the guide. So we use the Allah's names to help us. If we have problems with patience, Ya Sabur. Now, if it's a little deeper and further back, then I suggest various forms of uh, therapy. Uh, there can be talk therapy, gestalt therapy, hypnotherapy, uh, energistic uh, therapy. Sometimes acupuncture works. Sometimes massage. Sometimes rolfing. You know, whatever, whatever you think would be good. And as you are learning it or doing it, you're learning whether that works for you. I approach this as you are a great experiment. And part of your job is to figure out what works and what doesn't. Nobody can tell you. They can advise you. But the project is you. And by learning who you is, is the project. And eventually, you'll get a feeling for, all right, I got a handle on what my nafs are. So when you feel something that's out of your own vocabulary, 
that's not, you're not used to it, you go, wait a minute, that's not my nefs, that's his nefs, and I don't need them. Thank you, but not mine. That's what I mean, Zay, about knowing yourself, knowing your own parameters, your nefs. Then you can say, these are my nefs, those are yours. But, Sheikh, I have to share, you know, whilst all this was going on, I kept remembering what you always say. Eventually, you know, you get to state where you go, a lot. You know, it's like the heartbeat, you know. And I couldn't help it but keep saying that all the time, you know. I'll be driving and I'd go, Allah, <laughs> you know. And it was great, you know, because it just, I don't know, dissipates. Oh. It does, it does. It puts you in uh, alternate reality. Yeah, and um, it, it's just the way I think you say it because it makes it sound like the heartbeat, you know. That's right. Well, that's the thing is we are doing zikr. Our body is doing it. We just choose to forget. What we're trying to do is get to a place where, you know, like when you try to start a car, you have cables from the battery going in, the car starts up, but then when you stop, the car stops. What we're trying to do is keep that engine all charged up and ongoing all the time. Zikr. Allah, 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 Allah. Okay, any questions about what I've just said? Um, about the Zahir and Batin. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the gear shift, especially when it's frequent between going out and going in, can be jarring. Like there's a bit of a jolt to it when you suddenly needing to go in and need to go out, or you've got something really intense happening on the outside. And maybe it's just at the moment because, you know, you're getting these, um, you're getting these short bits of time where you can go in and, and then you get sort of pulled back out again. And it's like, is there a way to make that transition less discombobulating? Mm, mm -hmm. uh, I understand the question. Um, however, you're, you're in deep training mode, having family, mm. two little girls and a big girl. Your capacity to shift back and forth is what is being trained up. Yeah. So you just have to do it and you get better at it by doing it. Yeah, and staying positive. Yeah, we're working on that at the moment. Yeah. Of course, you can argue about it. But once again, <laughs> good luck with that. Mm. So would you say it's a bit like a muscle then? Like the more that you, the more practice you have in transitioning like that, the, the 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 more smooth and more familiar that kind of yeah fast change will be. That's right. It's kind of like what doctors do when they do their interning. That's where you're at. Hmm. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Is there a good zikr for that? Just your daily zikr is... is Just the normal one. Uh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. But if if you're having trouble, you know, and you're feeling stressed out, uh, ya salam, ya sabur. Hmm. And, and to know... Uh, this, this really helped me. To know that Allah loves me and wants me to be happy. And none of this is vindictive or, or vicious. Oh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels... Uh, Hard. It's just in, intense, frantic, that sort of... Yeah. Sometimes, you know. Not, yeah, today is good. It's good, but sometimes it can feel like that. Yeah. I understand. Mm. Yeah. So, Zay, do you have a question? The words just keep escaping me. <laughs> I'm okay, sorry. What, what you might want to do is write them down. I have to I, do that as well. I'll have an idea come up as somebody's talking, and if I don't write it down, I will have absolutely no idea what I just thought. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to read something from um, The Sun Will Rise in the West, Sheikh's book, Sheikh Turner's book. In a holy hadith, the Prophet 
used to be upon him, said, Acquiring knowledge and company for an hour in the night is better than spending the whole night in prayer. Therefore, a very beneficial practice employed by the sheikh in Tasawuf is Sobet, the discussion of spiritual matters. In this Sufi tradition, the sheikh sits in a circle with his murids and proceeds to give a talk on a pertinent spiritual subject. So that's what we're doing here. Uh, we do various discussions about specific parts of the teaching. Sometimes we use a story. Sometimes we use something like a Zen koan, something that, that allows us to go deeper. And we can only do this sometimes when there's others around and that when there's inspiration. And I'm going to read a Hafez poem. Hafez, highly recommended. Do you know this? You know Hafez, Zay? Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. Cool. Rain, or I rain. Because your meadows call for God, I weave light into words so that when your mind holds them, your eyes will relinquish their sadness, turn bright, a little brighter, giving to us the way a candle does to the dark. I have wrapped my laughter like a birthday gift and left it besides your bed. I have planted the wisdom in my heart next to every signpost in the sky. A wealthy man often becomes eccentric. A divine crazed soul is transformed into infinite generosity, tying gold sacks of gratuity to the <clears throat> dangling feet of moons, planets, ecstatic mid-air dervishes, and singing birds. I speak because every cell in your body is reaching out for Allah. Kind of like that one. Rukayat, was that helpful about uh, feeling included? Yeah, I'm going to do some more work on it. Yeah. Yeah. You may, if you want, we can set up a time to talk. The thing about actually about being Sufi, what happens is as we work on our nefs, we become what Shaitana calls more light, but also to me more sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is, is because the skin of nefs becomes less thick. So we see and hear and feel more. Because we're starting to see things as hakika, as re- the reality of things, rather than what our mind is projecting because of our past. Yeah, our, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what we want to do is figure out what's the best way for me to deal with this specific nefs. And what we do is we keep it in the forefront of our consciousness while we're working on it. And we have a strategy when it comes up. Wanting to feel included. One of those is what I was just telling Mui about Allah loves you, Allah is always there as your best friend will never leave you. And part of it, that means trusting Allah, that Allah is taking you to where you need to go. As for other people, people you know, you know my philosophy, people are going to be people. They're going to bring their nefs into whatever event is going on. But your job is to hold on to the rope of Allah and understand that you're okay. You and Allah are, they're good. It gets better some days. It's not as close sometimes, but that's part of the program. It's a pulse, as if you like, like a sine wave. Oh, I'm close. Oh, I'm far. Oh, I'm close. Oh, I'm far. Yeah. Kind of like the floating on waves. What we want to do is be able to go, well, this is up today. Tomorrow I'll be down, and not to be attached to either of those. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I'm feeling that. I'm wondering, is there a way, because it's linking into business stuff now, so obviously seeing the reality of how it's propagating itself, for lack of a better word, is there a way to... I'm sure there's a way. What is the way (laughs) to separate the inner struggle with the outer have to do this for work, have to do this for a laugh? Ah, okay. Well, you remember how being what it is to be a professional daughter? Yeah, still working on it, yep. This is what it is to be a professional business person. Mm. You don't take things personally, and you're not there to make friends. Yeah. You're there to sell product. So that's, that's the job. And if you do make friends, that's really good. That's a big deal. But, but generally, that's not what the program is. Yeah. So you, you, you do it to the best of your ability. And if you can, you, you get better at it. You develop a sense of humor about it and having a good time. Because when you're having a good time, other people are as well. Yeah. Or resent you for it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, while still working on the starting of the being a professional, how do you stop the inner leeching out? I was just thinking it's kind of a bit like what you were saying earlier, I think, about being the observer at first. I think you see those things happening, you're like, okay, well, that happened. Like yep. I've seen this at work where a personal thing is coming out at work and you go, oh, oh, that's interesting, you know, but just by seeing it and naming it and looking at also like the antecedents of that, like the the triggers for it, where did that come from? Oh, okay, I'm seeing dad, I'm not seeing that person, or I'm seeing, you know, an ex-wife, or I'm seeing, you know, whatever. Like, it's not, that's not actually... Um, I, I, I'm seeing through the lens of my naps and that's why that thing is happening. Um, but when you see that process, you can catch it earlier the next time because you you see it coming. And then the other thing is just by doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it, that yep. repetition... Yeah. Of, of doing a similar thing every day, you, you, you figure out the, like there's like a, because you're doing it so often, you, you soon work out what is about your feelings and what's about the, the, the situation because the situation is kind of remaining constant pretty much. Like it has its fluctuations, but you know, like you're doing the same kind of thing every day. You come back and you go, oh, okay. Well, I was doing this yesterday and I didn't feel like this. So something else is going on. Maybe it's internal, you know, like, mm. or, or I'm fine internally, but something weird's going on at work, you know, um, oh, that's what's going on. It's, it's a work. It's not me. You know, like, yeah. yeah. But only, you only learn that through staying with it for a while and then watching it happen, watching yeah. the interplay between the internal and the, and the other, and the outside stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can separate it a bit. Focus. Mm. It's like any discipline, isn't it? Like, yeah. I guess like if you're coming back to a, like a musical instrument every day, or if you're coming back to a writing or something like you, 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 by doing it discipline every day, then you get a sense of what's normal and what's unusual. You know, because it's one of the things I take away from that is a couple things first is loops we have what i what i think of as audio loops and it's almost like the chakra of the throat and this is where i have experienced it i've actually heard like loops of my father and it was like below my consciousness and then all of a sudden it began to be there and i could hear it but just below my hearing a loop saying You'll never, you never prove to your father that you're a good person. Yeah, this will never happen. And it's kind of like, 
well, this sucks. <laughs> I, I really don't like it. And that's the one, that's when that happened, that's when I went off to brief therapy and took care of that. But the idea of being becoming aware of loops, of identifying patterns, because as human beings, we're really good at taking care of patterns and beginning to see patterns within patterns. And by focusing on a specific situation, uh, whatever it is, has a way of us being able to begin to see the shape of it and the shape of the patterns. And this is why, why we do these things over and over again, because then we can begin to pull it apart and begin to see how it's made and then put it back together in a better way. Observation, what Mui was saying, about what underneath my mind am I actually saying to myself? Mm. And it com comes back to the fear thing again as well, isn't it? Because yeah. if, like, obviously, um, Kaya, you're worried about the personal leaking into the professional or whatever, but and because you're afraid of that, that's also going to be, like Shane was saying, it's going to be controlling you that fear so you know, I don't know. I think it's just because i'm aware of it i'm seeing it happen mm. like seeing it starting to spike up that i'm like okay right i know that that has impacted over the last couple of years in terms of business and stopping myself from getting into new ventures and stuff like that um new places to put tea and everything because i'm scared of of their no now that I'm aware that that's the fear and that's what I need to work on because that's the naps, it's like, okay, let's keep that here while I work on it, but stopping that from, I mean, it's hard to kind of, when you've got your own business, to have this is the wall between where I am and where the business is. And that's... But it's also that's never going to be a, like a complete wall. Like I think... That's the other thing you've got to be is realistic about the fact that you, you are a person dealing with other people. So there's going to be personal things happening. I mean, you know me, I don't do well with walls. <laughs> I am all very right. flowing all the time. So I'm like, how do I do this wall? What is this wall thing? <laughs> okay. I had yeah. a, a really good teacher for this in, in developing not a shield and not a wall, but what he called it was a semi-permeable membrane where I could let who I choose to come in and who I choose to leave out, that I have that choice, which really helped me a lot. Mm. So it, it could be a blend. Yeah, I think because I have the issue with not having any walls. I'm like, how do you build it up? I understand how it would work to break it down. I can see that process. Oh, Rukaya, we need to play poker more. Sure. <laughs> Big hole. Rukaya, I also I remember going through exactly the same thing, and the only thing that built up some sort of um, a healthy living defense that wasn't rigid or smush was the same thing, like the going in every day and just interacting and trying to hold your line against other people's desires and expressions and, and feelings and things. And I did it with teaching, but you can do it with business as well. And like you just mm. got to keep going in and keep, keep going in, keep going in. And then oh, yeah. as you do it, you've got that in you to sort it out. You just need to do it because if you don't – there's no other way um, to build up a thick skin than to get into the fight. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. When I was first starting out teaching a classroom, it was like I was scared. I was really mm. scared, and I had no idea what I was doing and really didn't have much of a mentor. It was kind of like all I knew was what, what I'd seen and in my own you know, with my own teachers. Uh, and it took many years to be able to, to go into a classroom and go, okay, 
got to get through this. And nowadays we have millennials, no offense, Kay, who uh, are looking at their phones all the time and who aren't paying attention and have no focus longer than a minute. So uh, even teaching has changed. Mm, 100%. And then having to to deal with that, that they're not, (laughs) talk about not feeling included. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm up here trying to teach you guys. (laughs) Yep. Sorry, I got a phone call. I'll be right back. You know, and they they would run out. When you were talking about what is other people's nefs and what is your own, Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking, what is the process of reflecting on the differences and not projecting your own onto something else? Yeah, the the first first couple years is just learning about you. Okay. You you can't really go to that other place yet. You have to think about, well, I'm saying this, but where is this coming from? And, of course, having a kid is the best way to to have that happen because it's right in your face. Don't have a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Burn. Wait as long as you like. (laughs) There's always time. (laughs) So does that help, Zay? Yes. Yeah, so first, you know, this first couple of years, if you decide to, to walk this path, you you pretty much are under, you you yourself are under observation. You're looking at where things come from. Why do you do this? Why did you just say that? Why did you do this to that person? Why am I sitting here? And you're asking all these questions about yourself so that you can figure out what you is. Okay. Those are the first steps. So what do you, are you a dancer? How did you know? Because <laughs> you are kinetically or kinesthetically motivated, it looks like. Is that right? Yes. Hmm. Assalamu alaikum, marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.